Hello and welcome to another episode of Number One Sports. Glad to have your company wherever you're tuning in. Big thanks to our audience from right around the world. Thanks for your support. Uh, don't forget to go to our Facebook page. It's called Number One Sports. N A M B A W A N S P O R T S. Like it or follow it, and uh, yeah, we'd certainly like to uh, share stuff with you guys uh, that's happening outside of the podcast. I did uh, say earlier. Uh, in a few episodes ago that we will be switching to webcast uh, shortly we're working on that uh, behind the scenes and that's one of the reasons why we haven't had a lunch with a legend segment uh, as of late because we want to do do it justice we want to get it right but welcome to the month of december a brand new month and it is the last one for the year it's been a tough year for everybody 2020 uh, and we're so glad that we're now into december we can finally say goodbye and uh, speaking of uh, saying goodbyes, on a sour note, the big news uh, that uh, happened this week was the passing of footballing legend, icon, genius uh, from Argentina, of course, the Diego Armando Maradona. Uh, his passing uh, last week uh, got he caught the world by storm and uh, we'll be hearing some of the tributes from uh, his uh, colleagues, uh, his uh, those who played alongside him and those... Uh, who grew up uh, idolizing him as well and who are now the modern day legends so that's uh, coming up uh, later on in the show uh, but um, one of the big uh, features this week is the interview with Milton Kisapai it's part two of our interview we had a chat to him last week or a couple of weeks ago this week he'll be talking to us about the IOC youth program and um, the uh, uh, also the sustainable development goals uh, ambassador role that he plays while he's uh, doing the uh, while he's a program coordinator at the PNG Olympic Committee, so uh, stick around for that. Uh, that's uh, something to listen out for. But we'll start off this week's show like we always do with the week that was. The Sydney Thunder, sounds of jubilation as they are crowned champions of uh, Women's Big Bash League in 2020. They defeated the Melbourne Stars, the crown of uh, champions in uh, Women's Big Bash League. So congratulations to Sydney Thunder. Uh, Also in cricket, it was the men's uh, Australian team. uh, uh, India is currently on tour in Australia. And uh, the men's wrapped up their series win. A big uh, 60 run victory over India and uh, thanks to the large contributions by all the batsmen but none more so than uh, Stephen Smith. Yeah another really good performance um, we almost played the, the, the perfect game of cricket um, you know I thought um, the way 
Davey and Finchy started again, laid a really good foundation, um, you know, enabled myself and Maxie to come in and, and play our shots and, and get us to a, you know, another big total. Um, and then I thought the bowlers bowled really well tonight. Um, you know, we, I think we started a little bit better than we did the other night. Um, they played some nice shots, but, um, you know, we, we always knew the rate was going up pretty quick with a few good overs and taking some wickets was, was nice through, throughout the middle and, um, yeah, really good performance. And in Rugby League, the Betfred Super League Grand Final between St. Helens and Wigan. What a finish that was. And Jack Wellsby, the youngster from uh, St. Helens, snatching the winning try right after the siren had uh, blown. If you haven't uh, watched it, oh my gosh, what a, what a finish it was. And uh, here's the snippets of it. got his first career drop goal last season in the grand final oh, oh he's hit the post the chasers are on the oh, ball is just in there it's wellsby wellsby oh, might have got the try jack wellsby might have got the try he has got that bill the ball hit the post and jack oh, wellsby the 19 year old just got to the ball in time and right at the death in the final seconds of this game, Jack Wellsby has stolen it, has he? Tommy Lula, I, I cannot believe it. I think he has. Yeah, you obviously don't expect the game to quite finish like that. And it was outstanding work from young Jack Wellsby. Uh, to chase that down and to compete on every play. And they're things that we talk about doing all the time, competing on every play and uh, you know, playing until the last minute and uh, all that stuff that we preach all the time to... To actually um, do that and, and get a result off the back of it like we did. And Jack Wellsby deserves a massive amount of credit. That was an outstanding play. And uh, I'm really, really proud of the kid to, to be able to get that result in, in, a, in a grand final at this level. Um, but also for the group too. They fought away and it, it was a great game of footy. I don't know if you'll get a better game of footy than that in, in terms of quality. And both teams are really good defensively and, and they both showed that tonight and it was really hard to find points and uh, yeah, you just had to take your opportunities when they came and Jack did that. We knew that and, and what we did speak about is that one try might win this game and uh, as I said before, both teams were defending really well and both teams were very good defensive sides and um, yes, it need, we just needed to keep plugging away and waiting for our opportunity and uh, yeah, one thing I think we didn't do quite as well is we, we, we played better footy last week in terms of setting up our play and actually executing some attacking play. Uh, but we're every bit as tough as we needed to be and every bit as gritty as we needed to be. And that's why we're able to put ourselves in that position. And uh, meanwhile, back home in uh, AFL Port Moresby competition, uh, congratulations to the West Eagles. Uh, they're the champions uh, in the men's and uh, the Dockers won the uh, women's uh, grand finals over the weekend so uh, congratulations to all of them and uh, well done to the teams taking part in season 2020 that's the week that was okay we go to our first break here on number one sports on the other side we're going to be catching up with milton kisapai from the png olympic committee and he'll be talking to us about the ioc youth ambassadors program and of course, the uh, Sustainable Development Goals program uh, that uh, he's involved in. You're listening to Number One Sports.
we'll now switch our focus to um, other programs that you're involved in. So you, you, you're going to be telling us a bit about uh, um, your, 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 one of the roles that you do have here is um, the uh, Sustainable Development Goal, uh, the programs, um, and you're one of the, uh, the five champions. Yes. Um, and um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, previously, you were um, attended or you were part of a uh, IOC um, youth uh, program that you want to be uh, sharing us a bit more information about. Yes, yeah, so the program that I'm currently now attending virtually is uh, <laughs> the IOC Young Leaders Program. So this is a six-week program. It's a six-week learning sprint. That's what yep. they call it. Yep. And it's, it's just uh, focused on building young leaders who are involved in sports who are not Olympians. I'm not an Olympian. Mm. But who are intending to or are currently using sports to promote sustainable development. Yes or to address social issues, social challenges. So it's basically trying to build up the capacity of young people around the world to be able to give back to community, build sort of like a social enterprise business because right. part of it is uh, about that. And after the six weeks um, sprint, the, the IOC then selects 25 young people around the globe to become the actual or to be known as IOC Young Leaders. So I'm hoping to complete the program successfully and hopefully get selected for that and try to build myself more in terms of creating a social enterprise, more or less, trying to get out of that 24, uh, 8 to 5 job and try to you know, be more of, try to create my own um, business, sure. social business, yeah. Okay. Um, and. How far uh, in, you into, into this the program? program. So the program just started this week. So okay. we just learned about week one done yeah, and dusted. Done and dusted. So five to go. Five, five to go. And, and so far, you you're pretty confident on how things are. Yes, going um, so far? I like to rely much on my experience and <laughs> uh, obviously working in this space for the last eight years mm. since I was at uni. I was a volunteer with the Olympic Committee. I never worked here before until just. 2002 and a half years ago, I got employed full time. But prior to that, it's just voluntary roles, and you know, voluntary roles are, I'd say, challenging. Challenging, but also worthwhile because rewarding at the same rewarding time. because you know, it all it entirely depends on your passion and what you right. want to want to yeah. focus in, but. You know, it's, I'd say money can't buy, it's very valuable because the experiences you gain throughout those experiences will help you in later part of life. And sure. I feel like it has done that for me. So, yeah. Good stuff. It's, okay, so once, once that six-week uh, program is over, they will then, the IOC then selects the, uh, 25, the 25. Yes. Um, right, I hope you do uh, get into that. <laughs> fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed you do get to the 25. Um, you mentioned the um, SDG, the Sustainable uh, Development Goal programs. You're a champion of one yes. of those. The goal that you chose was number 14. Yes. And that was to do with uh, marine life. Yes, uh, life below water. That, that's, that's what you actually studied in uh, university, is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So I graduated. So that, that, that was yeah. your passion already. Huh? I graduated with a bachelor's degree in science, yeah. but more specifically on marine biology. Yeah. But my passion was also sports, so I had to find that. The link. The link. <laughs> and the link was through the Olympic Committee. There you go. Because they ha had in 2012 the Sport and Environment Program called Love Your Coast, which was then when I 
we really got involved as a volunteer. Yeah. And since then till now it's just amazing how you can just it's all about just taking the first step and then just the journey so far it's just unbelievable. Like I cannot express it enough like given this opportunity but you know opportunities don't only come but unless you create them for sure, yourselves and sure. that is when you put in your time and effort so yeah my involvement especially as an stg champion yeah just just go through what, yes. uh, so what goal, it involves so goal number 14 uh which focuses on life below water and just a brief if you don't know about the stg and goal number 14 so goal number 14 is all part of the 17 universal S, uh un united nations sustainable development goals and uh, PNGOC with the UN came into an agreement in 2017 that PNG Olympic Committee would choose champions to yeah. champion the goals and that is when I got involved in it. my involvement was already well before the goals yeah. and to those involvement we were already taking some of those goals yeah. before the goals were even created but um, to, to the SDGs and uh, being a champion, I was fortunate to attend a number of different forums, yeah. different international conferences, representing Papua New Guinea and giving that youth voice. Yes. So I'm actively involved in the youth space, development space, youth, uh, in, involving the youth in, in country, mostly in uh, Port Mosby. So it's bringing that voice of addressing critical development challenges and issues but bringing that sports lens into it. Yes. And we've seen now globally a total, uh, 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 sort of like an emergence of a shift towards sustainable development by sporting organizations. And yes. the International Olympic Committee has been now a forefront of that. Yes. They see the importance of why what sports plays. And it's such an important yes. uh, tool in terms of driving messages yeah. and just getting, getting. And when you look at the actual the Olympic movement and what Pierre de Coubertin, the founder of the modern day Olympics, yeah. said about Olympism. He said, Olympism is a philosophy of life that places sport at the service of humanity. And that is why it really shifted in like currently the current um, focus is not, is not only on sport development, building, yeah. you know, sporting venues and building athletes to become high performers and all that, but yeah. it's now seeing the importance of what sports can bring to development addressing yeah. development so with the focus on the ioc on that the support is there yeah. and we want to also now through that provide the opportunity for athletes to be able to come off come off the sporting field yeah. and now really move into that what they can give back and also while giving back building themselves and and something for themselves as well and that is all about sport for development excellent stuff and this is this is like a, a long-term uh, project, a long-term program. That's uh, it, it's only just really the beginning of it. And yes. So far, you've you, you said you've um, you, you you're, yeah. you're ticking some of the boxes as you go, and it also helps when you've got your fellow champions alongside yeah. you to uh, help you along the way. You, you're one of five. Um, there's you've got Lua Lua Rikis, Lua Rikis, former netball. Uh, uh, PNG Peppers netballer, you got Chris Amini, PNG cricket captain yes. from uh, olden uh, before, um, Tanya uh, Mahuru, yes. you know shooting, shooting champion, and, and of course uh, the big boy himself, Ryan <laughs> yes. uh, Ryan Penny. So uh, how how do you uh, you know I mean obviously working together th there's a um, lot of a uh, lot of teamwork involved, but then you know they do sometimes and 
uh, crossover into uh, your program and you, you likewise helping uh, 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 delivering their programs as well. Yeah, so Ryan, is, his goal is on goal number three, which is good health and well-being. And he's done a lot, a lot in his space as well. Individually, he, you know, go and speaks to children, especially with uh, book group picking in yeah, there yeah. and, you know, talks about what it's important to have a healthy meal, to be active. Sure. And Chris works on, um, his, his goal is go the goal on quality education. Education. And he, he, sh he shares a lot on his experience about, you know, when joining the Baramandis, they were like half of the team not knowing how to read or write yeah very poor and literacy yeah, yeah. but and then, then that's PNG, changed now yeah and that has definitely yeah. changed and png you know it's we have a high illiteracy level very high yes and that is because you know we're not promoting education enough and hopefully an increased true sports tries to you know be yeah. that be that role model and ambassador highlighting that 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 need to need for education and lua Lua is uh, san, uh, water, water and sanitation, water and goal sanitation, number six, yeah, which then, is really important now. Yes, <laughs> very important. COVID nineteen. It's all about hygiene and always washing your hands. So yeah, yeah Lua because of her involvement in netball and also her prior role with Water Aid. Yes. So she works under the Wash the Wash project, yes. and using sports to go to schools and you know do activities and sessions on. Clean water and sanitation. Sure. Yeah, and, and then of course, Tanya is, um, is gender equality, gender equality which and is always yes, important. Yes, and she's proven as well. that as well through her, you know, a sport of shooting, yeah. always male dominated. Yeah, and she she was the one that walked away with most of the medals. Yes, surprisingly, the last time, yeah. 2015. Yes, that was a great time, uh, great result. And yeah, she's also you know breaking bears in her own professional growth as well, and you know, already is a testament of you know gender equality and what empowering women and of of course people of all gender yeah excellent stuff milton thanks a lot uh, you're a wealth of information <laughs> you know for such a young uh, gentleman i must say you're very very mature in your years and uh, obviously this is testament to the the great training and the great yes. uh, work that you, you're getting done here at the Fingen olympic committee thanks for chatting to us thank you Kilian. it's been a pleasure and i'm hoping to get on another post podcast soon yeah, always good to catch up with uh, young Milton Kisipai and we wish him all the best and hopefully we can catch up with him plus other members of the PNG Olympic Committee later on. Um, we're going to go to our break. On the other side, we're going to be listening to listening to some of the tributes that have come in from uh, right around the football community and the sporting world on the passing of the late, great Diego Armando Maradona. You're listening to Number One Sports. All right, welcome back to Number One Sports. Now, the world is in mourning uh, at the news of the passing of a great uh, footballer, legend of the sport, and not just uh, of, of football. I mean, you're talking about all sports lovers. They just, um, you know, could not uh, believe that uh, he had passed on. And Diego Armando Maradona, one of the greats of the game, uh, sadly uh, lost his life uh, he died on november the 25th back in home uh, in argentina he just recently celebrated his 60th birthday but um, what a legend of the game i mean you know there's so many uh, so many things that you can talk about um, how good he was and you know a lot of the generation nowadays wouldn't be able to 
um, understand. But you know, he he, he had a career spanning, uh, oh geez, from 1976 was when he first started uh, professional football, um, and then you know he retired in uh, 1997. A total of uh, 491 games. He got to play with uh, Boca Juniors. That was his first ever uh, team. And then, of course, uh, being the, the, how good he was, obviously, it was only a matter of time before one of the big uh, European teams would um, snap him up. And uh, one of those was Barcelona. Uh, he only had a, a short stint there. And uh, that was about uh, yeah, from 82 onwards, I think, 82 to, through to 84. Uh, and then Napoli was where he uh, had, a, had a mainstay. 188 games for Napoli, 81 goals and several titles while he was there uh, and then he did return to Spain and uh, played with Sevilla uh, then of course uh, returned back to Argentina with the Newell's old boys and uh, then wrapping it up where it all began for him with the Boca Juniors um, on the international scene uh, played a total of 91 games for Argentina and uh, he, you know, 34 goals. Uh, one of those was the the much talked about hand of God goal. Uh, it was in the World Cup in 1986 in Mexico. England fans obviously still are talking about that, and we'll be hearing about some of the uh, through the some of the um, uh, tributes to uh, him. He also uh, managed a few teams. Uh, you know, Deportivo Mandiu, uh, Racing Club, uh, he, the Argentinian national team from 28 to 10. Uh, he went to um, Saudi Arabia, uh, so uh, you know a man with um, his uh, you know football uh, genius was uh, very much uh, sought sought after. So um, uh, representing, uh, of course, a winner in uh, 1986 uh, Mexico, the World Cup, uh, runner-up in 1990 in Italy, uh, won it, uh, won the Copa America in 1989 against Brazil. And, uh, of course, uh, in his early days, uh, the Under-20 World Cup, uh, he was a winner in 1979 in Japan. So, Diego Armando Maradona, uh, rest in peace legend. And here, some of the, uh, we listen to some of the tributes from uh, right around the footballing community. It was a banner in Argentina, I think, one year ago I read it, that uh, it said, no matter what you have done with your life, Diego, it matter what you have done for our lives. I think expressed perfectly what this guy gave us, uh, the amount of joy and the pleasure and, uh, and uh, his commitment for his, uh, the world football. He made the world football better. Difficult, uh, difficult. Cuando te llaman por teléfono y te cuentan de, de que falleció Diego, decís, no, Diego no, Diego no puede fallecer. Eh, se nos va un mito, se nos va un, un, un argentino que transmitía toda su rebeldía eh, para, para luchar con, con, con sus cosas positivas y sus cosas negativas, pero siempre yendo... Hacia, hacia adelante. Moi j'ai un souvenir de 86, du mondial qu'il a fait en 86, et j'ai eu la chance en fait de pouvoir de pouvoir lui dire par la suite, puisque j'ai rencontré, de lui dire que qu'il a été 
un, une source d'inspiration pour, pour, pour tous les jeunes, pour tous les, les millions de jeunes à travers, à travers le monde. There was Diego, which was an unbelievable football player, and there was Maradona, who struggled slightly with all the things around. Um, when you're a young person and the people go crazy when you wherever you go, that's not so easy. And he had his his fights with that 100. But I will miss. Diego and Maradona, so because he is just an, yeah, he was just a, what the footballer he was, unbelievable. ¿Qué te viene a la cabeza? Bueno, muchos de los recuerdos que cuando los rememoraba me producían una sonrisa. Jorge. Si no puedes seguir, luego volvemos a conectar contigo sin ningún problema. Entendemos la emoción del momento. Es ist natürlich schon sehr traurig, dass das wenn man so früh, ich sage einfach mal, dann auch gehen muss, ist es ist es schon sehr traurig und es war zu meiner Zeit, wo ich Fußball gespielt habe, der absolut beste Fußballer, es war ein Genie am Ball und er hat wirklich die Abwehr schwindelig spielen können, hat auch immer wieder den entscheidenden Pass spielen können. Es war ein Spieler, der Spieler wirklich auch alleine entscheiden konnte. Und uh, ich kann mich noch erinnern. Ich habe die Nachrichten, die triste Nachrichten von Maradona. Mir dispiace tanto, dass vielleicht der größte Idol von allen in Calcio è morto e mi dispiace tanto e penso che è un giorno triste per tutti gli amanti di calcio. Esta tarde nos hemos escuchado eso, es una triste noticia, pero no solo para el mundo del fútbol, para, para el mundo entero, creo. Y, y, y bueno, yo me acuerdo de, 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 de Magadona, sobre todo en el 80 y 86, tenía yo 14 años, eh, pero al final... Eh, Al final he tenido la suerte de decir que decirle a él que el 86, eh, porque todo el mundo, todos los niños quieren decir las cosas y yo he tenido la, la, la oportunidad de decirle que ha sido la, la hostia como jugador y, y eso, yo me acuerdo de, de eso. Eh, y ya está, luego por... Eh, Es una, te digo, una triste noticia y, y nos saludamos a, a, su, a su familia y, a, y, y bueno, eh, que descanse en, en paz. You know, there is uh, Maradona and there is Diego. Maradona I don't need to speak about because uh, the world knows and uh, nobody will will forget. Um, Diego is different. Uh, the people that are uh, 
the big friends of him, the people that share with him, uh, dressing rooms and colleagues, and these guys are privileged because uh, I can say he was a good friend of mine, but my contacts with him were uh, telephone, and we met, uh, of course, a few times, and it was uh, it was a big, a big, big, big heart, and uh, that's the guy I miss because his uh, his football. This football we can we can find every time we we miss this football we can find we Google we, we will find but Diego no and I spend the day today telling stories to my guys about him and the time we spent uh, together and that's the guy I, I miss and I especially miss uh, the phone call that was always arriving after the feats and never after victories. He knew that after victories I don't need phone calls. He knew that in difficult moments he was always there and he was always saying after defeats and uh, in difficult moments he was always saying Mo, don't forget you are the best and he was always with this with this kind of, uh, of approach so I miss Diego. I never thought in my lifetime that I would see anyone come remotely close to Diego in terms of ability with a football. I, I think we've seen Messi, who's, who's very similar in many ways, obviously Argentinian, uh, diminutive, brilliant left foot, but Diego was, was incredible. Um, I played, I actually played with him as well for half a game, played for the rest of the world and at Wembley against, funnily enough, for the English league side because it was centenary, I played for the rest of the world because I was at Barcelona at the time. And all the players, there was people like Platini on the pitch, lots of great, great players from around the world. And everyone was totally in awe of him. First thing he did was in the dressing room, he sat there, just a pair of shorts. And you know, like you roll your socks up. He just stood them and he juggled them on his left foot. Just like that for about five minutes. And everyone was going, ooh. And then we went out on the pitch. And um, I think, I don't think I'm tuned in. I think I can stand up um, and show you this. He did something that was incredible. One of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen on a football pitch. It might not sound that amazing to, to you at home, but you, you, I think you'll appreciate this. He juggled the ball all the way out to the centre circle. And then he got to the centre circle, still juggling it. And then he went, bang! And he whacked it as high as he possibly could and he waited and it came down and he went bang and he did it again and he did it 13 times and the most he ever did was walk three paces to it and all of us were sitting there going oh my god that's <laughs> like I was then <laughs> that's it that's impossible it is and I, I remember going to train the next next day in the Barcelona and stuff and, and we all tried it and the best anyone did was three and they were running for the third one and I've just never seen anyone have just such a beautiful affection with a football. And you look at the pitches that they played on. Yeah. They were like mud baths after time. They, they, they were allowed to tackle around your hip, hip high. The, the weight of the ball. That's what people don't realise is yeah. the fact that you could kick people. And he, in many ways, he was kicked out, of course, of the 1982 World Cup in Spain when he, he did retaliate and get a red card as well. But in 86, he was just, he was just unplayable. I mean, I know you talk about the hand of God goal and we could argue about that, but... But the other goal he scored in that game, I mean, you've got to realise as well, the pitch at the Azteca was awful. Mm. It, was, it had been kind of relayed just before, and you know like you relay your garden with small pieces of turf? It was exactly like that, and every time you put your foot on one piece of turf, it just, it, it kind of just disappeared under your foot. 
And to do what he did, that little pivot and turn on the halfway line and then go past the players like they weren't there, uh, was, was just a, a most remarkable thing. It's the closest in my life that I've ever felt like I ought to applaud someone else scoring a goal. Obviously, I didn't because <laughs> you get destroyed back home. But he was, he was head and shoulders the best player of my generation. And there you have it, some of the tributes from uh, right around the footballing uh, community. Some of those voices you would have recognised, Jurgen Klopp from Liverpool, uh, Jose Mourinho, uh, Gary Lineker, a former player and a teammate as well of Maradona's. So uh, great to hear some of the uh, good stories. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Maradona will still be remembered for a very long, long time. Well, that's the show for this week. Uh, thanks for your company once again. Uh, do join us again next week. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page and like it. Otherwise, it's Emma from me, Kilian Amini. <laughs>